people make a lot of assumptions about the kind of person who is homeless and um, they're usually completely wrong. It's the cliche, but you know, homelessness is not just for Christmas. Hello, and welcome to the Noble Marketing Ideacast. I'm Becky Holland. Kirsty Wilson, my guest today, is Head of Marketing and Fundraising for Launchpad, Reading's leading homelessness charity. I'm absolutely delighted to be able to talk to her. I wanted to be able to spend some time really talking through the role that she's doing, the, the challenges for marketing for a charity doing such a difficult job in such challenging times, not only because it's the strangest year we've probably had in, in living history, but because it's been incredibly hard for vulnerable people. Unemployment is up, homelessness is up, loneliness is up, and it's Christmas. And I wanted to give Kirsty a chance to really tell her story. Hi, Kirsty, and welcome to the Noble Marketing Ideacast. Thank you so much for having me. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I'm Kirsty Wilson. I'm the head of marketing and fundraising at Launchpad Reading. Um, I joined Launchpad in January. Um, I've had a bit of a checkered career. So I've been in Reading for about 29 years. Um, originally came as a student, um, did the cliched thing and met my husband on campus and then ended up staying. Um, I then moved and actually went back and joined the university as an employee. Um, and I was there for about 11 years, um, started off in business development, um, getting academics to work with industry, then moved back to marketing. Um, and in the latter years of being at the university, I was actually uh, the regional engagement lead. So I was effectively chief schmoozer and uh, would go out and network with other organisations across Reading um, to make sure that the university was playing its part in its community role. So you've obviously been, you know, in Reading for a while. Is that is that important to you? Is is, is that home? Is that where you're from originally? No, so I'm originally from Kent. Um, so, like I said, came up for university. One of my sisters ended up following me as well, actually, um, and just. I don't know, Reading just has such a lovely community spirit. Um, we've ended up staying here. We got married eventually. Um, and we've now got two kids and we live up in the university area. And I literally can say that I can walk down the street. Well, normal days, I can walk down the street and um, say hello to three or four people. It's just very friendly. Um, they do say Reading's like a small village. Everybody knows everybody. And I think that's yeah. pretty true. Um and then in 2016, I actually got very involved in the cultural section. So my husband's an artist um, right. and he's actually a childminder as well, bizarrely. He's one of Reading's only okay. childminders. Okay. Um, but that's uh, I helped with the Reading Year of Culture in 2016 because it was one of those things where people were complaining that there was nothing going on in Reading. Okay. When I knew from a fact that there was lots going on. Um, so worked on that and then I was lucky enough to be invited to project manage the prison exhibition when that was open in 2016. That's exciting. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so how did you find Launchpad or did they find you? 
So I'd known Launchpad, they were actually a member of Connect Reading um, and I had a lot of dealings with the team and I just found them incredibly passionate um, and you could see the impact of everything they were doing literally from day to day on people in Reading. So when the job came up at the end of last year, it was pretty much a, a kind of no-brainer. Um, it was something I was passionate about, something that I know has an impact locally um, and I knew a lot of the members of the team already, which really, really helped. This year, I guess more than any other year, you know, people that are in vulnerable situations have been affected by COVID-19, everything else. So, so tell me a little bit about the charity and, 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 and what you do and how you help people. So we have three main aims. So the first is to actually help prevent homelessness happening in the first place. So we provide a drop-in service. Um, anybody who's having issues with benefits or housing can come to us. They don't need an appointment and we will help them, um, whether that's just giving a bit of advice or having them assessed to move into one of our properties. The second thing we do is actually provide homes. So we have over 100 rooms in Reading. Um, and one of the other reasons that I joined Launchpad was because of the approach. It's very much a holistic approach, which is about the individual and their, their specific circumstances. So anybody who gets moved into one of our properties is given a support worker who will help them um, with whatever is needed. So it might be that they need some legal advice. It might be they need counselling or help with an addiction. Um, it might be that they need um, just someone to hold their hand, um, filling in forms or coming to interviews with them. Um, and so we do a complete wraparound um, bespoke to that person. And then the third thing we do is kind of helping people rebuild their lives. So we offer um, a variety of classes, again, kind of pre-lockdown, everything from um, sewing to art therapy classes to physical education, gardening, um, opportunities for clients to socialise with other people who have lived experience like them, um, to kind of get some of them out, out of their shell and also to, to just give them things to do to get them hopefully back into education, training or employment. And uh, this year was, was going to be our year for launching um, Reading's first Work and Life Skills Centre. Um, obviously, it's not happened as we wanted it to, um, but we'd actually purchased a warehouse um, in Caversham and uh, it's being refurbed so that we could provide everything from a working kitchen to teach people how to cook their own meals and maybe even get like a food hygiene certificate, um, a laundrette, a DIY workshop um, and a space where we can use as an IT suite or we can use for things like uh, yoga classes or um, you know, HIIT classes, things like that. Um, so we're hoping to officially launch um, in spring next year. But the plan will be that anybody in Reading can come and use the facilities and we'll have a structured curriculum of classes uh, that we can offer. That's exciting. That's really exciting. How has that been affected by COVID-19? Was that something that you've pushed back or was it was it already, always planned for, for the spring? No, we were hoping to open it up in September and obviously lockdown happened, uh, which kind of slowed up the actual refurb. Um, we then started seeing clients when lockdown um, finished and then obviously lockdown two happened. Um, so it's been a bit kind of inconsistent at the moment, but we're also having conversations at the moment with partners um, to deliver things going forward. So it's given us a bit more planning time um, and it means we can get a bit more feedback from clients about what it is that they want. So you mentioned before marketing is your is is the thing that you that you love and you do and obviously the doing the work of the charity is clearly something that you feel quite quite strong about. Do you think it's easier or more difficult when you're doing marketing for something that's as emotive as what 
as what you're doing at the moment as something like Launchpad? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of six or one, half a dozen of the other. So it's obviously an emotive subject and people can see um, the effects that things like universal credit and um, lockdown have had, you know, just the number of people that are on the streets at the moment. I think the, the way it's difficult is there are a lot of assumptions about homelessness. Um, so there is the assumption that the people that we're dealing with, are, you know, the old man on the street who's begging with a dog, um, when the reality is, you know, we're dealing with young professionals who are sofa surfing because they can't afford the rent in Reading. We're dealing with a single mum who's been stuck in a, a bed sit or um, in a refuge. And it's trying to get people to move on. Um, you know, in the past, we've dealt with university professors who've had um, alcohol addiction and have lost their house. We've dealt with um, numerous professionals, um, people who've had relationship breakdowns or they've had a family member die or they've had a breakup with the family. Um, And I think the challenge is, is reminding people that it could be you, you know, any person um, is only probably two or three paychecks, if that, away from being in that position themselves. Um, And most people who find themselves homeless don't do it through choice um you know there's been a, a series of circumstances or occurrences that have put them into that place um and it's yeah it's just about reminding people that these are people too people make a lot of assumptions about the kind of person who is homeless and um they're usually completely wrong so i do go and talk to a lot of corporates you know obviously anybody who's interested in looking for a charity partnership we'd love to talk to and part of the job that i do when i go and talk to corporates is about combating some of those assumptions so how do you do that? How do you change what people are saying? Because that's that's the hard bit, isn't it? That's the that's the marketing challenge, if you like. How do you get that message across? Again, it's so the, the prime thing for me is always about stories. So facts are all well and good, but they're very cold and they don't always give you the wider context. So if you can actually give a story of someone who's got lived experience and show people an example of someone where they can identify with that person. Mm. It very much makes a difference. And also showing the impact. So showing the impact that donations and volunteering with us make. I've got a classic example. So we've recently helped um, a 19-year-old girl who was actually uh, facing winter just being on the streets. Um, but in two weeks, we managed to um, assess her after six months of sofa surfing. So she met with our floating support team who managed to get her a bed for the night. Um, we then helped her to, to source long-term um, accommodation. And she then started having counselling sessions. And then she's actually just interviewed and started a part-time job. Brilliant. So just from that, you know, coming to drop in we find as well part of the education piece is reminding people that we're here it may be that they have colleagues and friends and family who could actually do with coming and talking to us surely that's a big thing trying to get people to come to even just the word drop in to me sounds like quite a scary thing to make the move and go and do yeah and it is it is about that um getting our name out there so we've got a fantastic marketing manager who's doing an awful lot to just raise awareness of us not just about promoting our events and our um fundraising activities but it's about letting people know that we're here and we have been in reading for 40 years um so it's it's we are established so the people that that 
that know us, um, the partners that we work with, you know, whether it be faith groups or the council or the police or probation, will always refer people to us. But it's getting the word out wider. Um, I know when I started working here, I had a few people approach me on Facebook who said, actually, I've got a friend who's having real issues. Can she come and talk to you guys? You know, is it appropriate? Um, and the answer is always yes. And the fact that people don't need an appointment, they literally can just turn up on the doorstep and they'll see one of our staff and one of our qualified volunteers who will talk them through exactly what, what they need. Cool. So so let's just go Christmas because Christmas, uh, you know, should be a time of joy and understanding and helping and all the rest of it. But I'm guessing that for um, a lot of the people that you work with, actually, if people are going through bad situations in their life or they're vulnerable, sometimes Christmas can be the worst time of all. Yeah, I was talking to one of our support managers and she kind of put it in context because she said she was with one of her clients who hates Christmas. And for him, the idea of a treat at Christmas is having a can of Heinz baked beans as opposed to, you know, savour baked beans. And again, it's it's that context. So we'll have some clients who are in emergency bed and breakfast, um, other people who are waiting for a call from their landlord in the new year because they have a feeling they're going to be evicted. Um, if they've had issues with, you know, furlough and redundancies, especially, we've seen um, referrals go up and we're expecting them to go up even further in the new year, having seen the unemployment um, figures this morning. Mm, yeah they're shocking aren't they it's awful um so so covid has obviously impacted everyone and like you say you you know unemployment is is going to be a big factor in terms of of people's ability to pay their bills to have you know a sort of secure place to to live but I guess the reality is that so many people have become very much focused on their own situation on the inward world so so in terms of fundraising as well there's there's been a massive impact on charities how how has covid impacted you as a charity and 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 what are your reflections on that from a marketing perspective obviously with people not being in the office things like uh, charity committees have not been able to meet and the business focus is obviously not on meeting their corporate social responsibilities at the moment it's about looking after their own employees and making sure that they're all safe Mm. same with community groups so everything from scout groups to schools and things obviously um, they normally go out and do things for us and we also have key events throughout the year which we've had to adapt so um in October, our biggest fundraiser is usually big sleep out where we get people to have one night sleeping outdoors to give them a taste of, of what it would be like um, and people raise funds for us. Obviously, this year we couldn't do that with social distancing. So the challenge was was about adapting our offering um, and making sure that we could still reach an audience. Um, so there was actually, usually it's a big event. So it, it's um, the fundraising team producing an event involving all the logistics that you'd expect for an outdoor an outdoor event of that, that type with some support from the marketing team. However, this year, because we decided to take everything online and actually open the event up, it's usually for 18 plus for safeguarding reasons, But taking it online meant that we could address a whole new market. So we actually um, promoted it to families to do in conjunction with our children because it ticked a lot of boxes for key stage two kind of citizenship um, themes and, you know, putting yourself in the in the shoes of other people. Um, And there was a lot of pressure on marketing to produce a lot of online materials that people could download for themselves. And we also put up a whole evening's worth of entertainment, which was pre-recorded so that people could still have that that 
group feeling that um, feeling that it was a special event and they could log in at any point onto Facebook and and watch our content on there. So again, there was a lot of uh, steep learning curve in terms of video production and editing, um, pulling in some favors um, and very, very kind of last minute having to adapt. But as a result, we had a, we had a target of about £25,000, which is down on what we made last year. And we absolutely smashed it. So the last count, it was at around £60,000. That's fantastic. So would you do would you do that again? I mean, obviously, we hope that, that, that with the vaccines and everything, COVID will start to fade a little bit from everybody's memories a little bit next year. But... I guess there is an opportunity to to go back to the way you used to do it or to continue doing events virtually. Have you thought about what that might look like in the future? Yeah, so we're looking to do a hybrid event with a big sleep out next year is to if we can do the in-person event, we will do that. And the focus will probably be on um, corporate teams, as it has been in the past, um, and teams of kind of adult friends. However, we're going to try and offer the virtual um flavor as well because we got so much engagement from people with children and people really liked um, the format where they could dip in and out so if they had something else on or they wanted to kind of bed down for the night but they weren't interested in the content or they wanted to to dip in and out as they wanted to they had that choice so everything at the moment is having to have a contingency but actually that contingency is giving us some opportunities as well. So it's interesting. So giving people, creating contingencies and giving people choice sounds like a great idea. Knowing how charities mostly work, that sounds to me like you're increasing your workload quite a lot. So how have you, how have you manage that so we um we have made a few partnerships with some local um businesses who've provided pro pro bono support um some have been furloughed some just reached out and said you know we understand that you could do uh with some help and actually we're going to um provide you with the support because it's something we do day in day out um it also has flagged though that the requirement for marketing support going forward especially for fundraising is going to be significant so we're just looking at the moment to see if we can actually get um, a marketing assistant in and I think this is one of this is one of the hard things about working for a charity is that um, people don't recognize that um, it is a business um, and that in order for us to do the job we can do for clients we have to invest in the back-end office staff to make those things happen. So one of the challenges in the past few years has been um, people understanding that we need to cover our core costs. So, you know, like anybody else, we have to pay rent, we have to pay electricity, heating bills. um, And it's backing up that um, we need that resource in order to help do the job that we do. So we have fantastic support staff, but the support staff couldn't do their jobs without the additional um, departments around them. So that really sucks, doesn't it? Because you 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 have people that want to 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 give you money, but they sort of assume that the money they give is going to go directly to you know supporting vulnerable people, and perhaps it's quite hard for them to make the leap to say, well, actually, we're going to use this money to pay for a you know a marketing assistant assistant, as 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 you say. It's it, it's it can be a challenge in terms of of communicating how you're going to use the money. 
It is. And it's one of those things that if we can market ourselves better, then more people become aware of us. So that's that's clients as well as supporters of other kinds. Mm. Also means that as our profile is is raised, we have more opportunity of applying to certain grant funders and trusts and foundations. Um, And we also get offers of other support. So, for instance, last week, um, our acting CEO was actually invited to Windsor Castle. So she was one of the 20 people who went and met the royal family um, and was thanked for all the work that she's doing now. That's lovely. Um, so you've mentioned, obviously, the people that come to the, the Big Sleep Hat and you've mentioned your corporate partners. So how important has it been this year in particular to have that tribe of supporters and volunteers to help you amplify your marketing message as much as anything else? It's incredibly important. I think um, the the one incredibly invaluable thing that people don't realise is just by sharing our social media content, they help extend our reach so considerably. Um, you know, if people can't do anything else, that's one thing that would help us enormously. So we always post on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook um, and getting people to share it with their friends and their colleagues and their families really, really helps. Mm. During the first lockdown, we had um, incredible support from people like John Lewis and McDonald's and various other partners who um, stepped up and were providing um things for food parcels and um, PPE and all sorts to support our clients because they knew um, that we would be one of the first ports of call. Mm. Yeah, so so back to Christmas, what are your what are your hopes and your aspirations for the charity over the Christmas period and, and kind of early into the new year? Part of it is ensuring that we continue to provide the level of support that we are at the moment. So it's, uh, again, it's a cliche, but, you know, homelessness is not just for Christmas. Um, We are around all year and uh, as I said the, the feeling we have is that New Year is going to be even even busier for us so it's just ensuring that we can continue to support the clients as they need to be supported um, it's to ensure that the Work and Life Skills Centre can get up and running and we can um, support a wider pool of people across Reading and it's also just about helping vulnerable individuals as well as couples and families I think that's the other thing is we we support a lot of families um so we've actually had additional support from other partners um like the Giving Tree and Reading Family Aid who've actually provided gifts for some of our families because they just wouldn't be able to afford to give their children a present So do you, you've mentioned you've got, a, 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 I guess, a family yourself. Do, do, you, do your uh, children kind of know and understand what they do? Do you think it's important that children understand, I guess, like how lucky they are at this time of year? It's not just about teaching them how lucky they are. I think it's about teaching just general kindness um, to everybody um, and just teaching them that there are people that, that need help that needs support and that also it's okay to ask for help yeah exactly exactly and they get about being kind and you talked about being kind to their friends at school but uh, you know are there any kind of you know, tips or hints you, you might have in terms of how people can communicate these types of messages with younger people yeah so there's there's a few good books about homelessness especially for younger children um at the big sleep out we actually were lucky enough to have Chris Tarrant reading the bedtime story and he actually read there's a picture book called the tin can man which just conveys it very well it's a, it's about being aware of other people being aware that other people are not in the same situation as you um, and that also not everybody has the same chances in life that you have 
Yeah, of course. So, so reflecting on, I guess, on that and all the things that have, have happened through, 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 through this year, what advice and support could you give to marketing leaders at other charities based on, you know, what you've learned in this, in this period? I think it's a very hard one, but I think one of the things um, is about not being quiet and not not approaching people. I think it's about maintaining your presence, um, reminding people quite frequently that you're there, upping your presence on social media, because at some point when you come out the other side, if people um, were hearing from you at that time, you're going to be front of mind, you know, when everything gets back to some kind of normality. I think the other thing as well is about just um, supporting the teams. I think everyone I've spoken to, you know, has gone through really big highs and big lows with their teams and about um, allowing your teams space to have those conversations about being a bit mm. human. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just that's kind of like, it's okay to not be okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think one of the things for me has been all the Zoom calls and seeing people's cats and dogs and their toddlers wandering and just, it's, you know, we are all professionals, but we all are people as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to remember that more than more more than ever, probably, because you have no idea what's happening in somebody's, um, you know, in ho- home life or, or or in their work life at the moment. And uh, yeah, I think more than ever that that's come to the front this this year. If there if there's one good thing to come out from COVID, I think it, it, it is that hopefully people are a little bit more, a little bit kinder and a little bit more aware. Are there any uh, stories or anecdotes or words of wisdom, I guess, particularly kind of marketing related thoughts that that people that are listening to the podcast might find useful or uplifting? Um, I think it's about that you can never learn too many new skills. I think that's proved uh, this year. And that actually, if you reach out and again, ask for help, then there are so many people around who are willing to share their expertise, often for free. Um, we've literally just launched online payments on our website, which we haven't had before. And we had a lot of help from um, experts in the area who um, would we would be on a networking call and they would just drop in a nugget of advice or I would ask a question and they'd be quite happy to provide me with 10 minutes of their time kind of talking me through something. And it's one of those things that if you if you don't ask, you don't get. And um, people can always say no, but most of the time people say yes. I think you're right. I think most of the time people do say yes. So what's your Christmas look like for you? Are you are you at home like most people? Are you doing anything special? No, very, very quiet. We were planning to try and go to the West End to see a show. We'd book tickets, but I don't think that's going to happen now. And we're not going to be seeing uh, family because my, my family are all in Kent and they're obviously all locked down and, and keeping safe. So it will be us and the children, maybe the mother-in-law, um, but just a, <laughs> a little break for work will be nice. Yeah, exactly. And then presumably back to it, back to it in the new year. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Fantastic. So look, what would you say if you've got 30 seconds to to get your message out there? I think it's just about um, making a difference, giving somebody a gift of a better Christmas. So like I said, we are taking online donations at the moment and we're also looking for corporate partners that would like to support us next year, whether that's with fundraising efforts or looking at a bigger strategic partnership, especially around the Work and Life Skills Centre, then we'd really like to hear from you. And I think lastly, like I said, it's just about letting people know that we're here. So if you have family or colleagues that might need our services, it might just be worth you putting up a poster in the office or letting people know that we're here, just reminding them because you never know who might need our help. 
Thank you so much. Um, look, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. It's been lovely to talk to you as well. And uh, just wishing all your listeners a, a Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. And a Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Noble Marketing Idea Cast. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show wherever you're listening right now. A new show will pop up in your feed every few weeks. The Noble Marketing Idea Cast is brought to you by BHMP. We're creative venture marketeers, helping clients with purpose transform their business results and not their Instaglow. Find out more about what we do and how we can help you. Visit our website at bhmp.com or follow us on LinkedIn. Links are in the podcast description. Our producer is the talented Chris Attaway. Till next time, I'm Becky Holland. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you.